Sup, you beautiful bastards. Hope you have a fantastic Wednesday. Welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show, and let's just jump into it. The first thing we're gonna talk about today is industry news, business news, legal news, and at the center of it, you have Jeffree Star. And this story just blew up over the past 24 hours, and that is because Jeffree Star made a video on this. And Jeffree Star, if you don't know, yes, is a massive creator, but also is a very successful entrepreneur. According to him, his cosmetics brand, Jeffree Star Cosmetics, brings in $150 million annually. But the reason we're talking about this today is something that Jeffree Star hinted at on Monday. When he tweeted, I never knew I'd be spending my Monday night with the FBI tracking down black market makeup sellers. And yesterday, he put out a video where he says that someone broke into his warehouse and stole millions of dollars of product that had not yet been released. And specifically, according to Jeffrey, around two weeks ago in the middle of the night, one of his warehouses was broken into and over $2.5 million worth of product was stolen. He said recently his business expanded into more buildings in his current area, but one of those buildings wasn't secure enough. Even going on to say that he believes that someone who temporarily worked in the warehouse tipped off thieves, and he went on to say, they came in through the roof. It was a very professional job. It was a team of people. And when you watch footage of this stuff, it is so gut-wrenching to see people just take your shit and put it in a truck and steal something that I have been working on for so long. And because of the timing, the theft wasn't discovered until two days later on Monday when employees entered the building. And after doing a complete inventory, they discovered that the missing product included thousands of Northern Lights Supreme Frost Pro Palettes, around 5,000 units of Platinum Ice Pro Palettes, thousands of lip liners, and almost an entire shade of the unreleased Magic Star Concealer, shade C5. And Jeffrey says that they've been working with an investigative team, law enforcement, and even the FBI to track down the people that did this. And regarding that concealer specifically, Jeffrey said that after the theft, he was just waiting for it to leak. And sure enough, someone ended up posting photos to the face marketplace advertising the concealer in shade C5. And Jeffrey's saying that law enforcement ended up tracking down a woman that reposted the image and asked a makeup group on Facebook saying, you only get this here, ladies. Here are the pictures of the unreleased Jeffree Star concealers. These come from my supplier as they came in warehouse. They're fully stocked. I can access them already if anyone would like to purchase. The woman has also now put up a long post on Facebook addressing this situation, writing, to put you in my current state of mind, I had found a post on Facebook marketplace of a lady. I contacted her. I asked her if I buy a large amount, would she give a discount and asked if they were authentic? She said, yes, she gets them from a supplier in the warehouse who sent her PR kits and can send more. She goes on to say she should have asked more questions. She downplays the possible profit she could have made. Goes on to say, I can assure everyone I had absolutely no bad intentions. Running I was selfish and didn't consider his or anyone else's feelings when I posted. And then going on to talk about the harassment and threats that she has received and claims that she's only trying to save people money, not skim. But it's important to remember that it wasn't just one person. And as Jeffrey says himself, that woman is just one part of a much bigger problem. And since the photos were posted, even more have begun to pop up. And regarding that, Jeffrey says this to anyone who is tempted by these sellers. We've tracked down some of the product but there are still so many units floating out there. So if you guys see this packaging or C5 before the launch, just know that it is stolen. It is illegal goods, and I would love to try to get more of it back. And as far as any developments, according to Jeffrey, a major player who has been selling my stolen product has been arrested. But as of right now, there have been no further statements from Jeffrey or law enforcement regarding who that person is and where they fit into this whole situation. But ultimately, that is where we are right now. It will be very interesting to see where this story goes. And personally, I wonder, you know, did this happen in part because there was this kind of focus on how much money he's been making, the warehouses recently? Although this kind of theft is not unheard of in the industry, so it may have just been a thing that was bound to happen. I don't know. It's interesting. But with that said, of course, I pass the question off to you. What are your thoughts around this? Then in what the hell is happening in Conor McGregor's world news, let's talk about that. And a lot has been happening in his world. On the positive end, it appears that he is making money hand over fist. 
thanks to his Irish whiskey. With how successful he has been outside of the octagon, there have been a lot of people asking, well, is he gonna keep fighting? Right? What's the risk versus the reward for it? Right? And you can say either to body or legacy. He's lost his last two fights, although it was very expected with Mayweather since that's not his sport. And then in the UFC, he was defeated convincingly by Khabib. Although there were positives because with Mayweather, he made a ton of money and he made decent money with Khabib and got advertising for his brand. But regarding fighting again, he quickly announced that he was retiring. Although people weren't sure if that was real or if it was a negotiating tactic like it seemed to be the last time he did that. And that turned into reporting that he'd be open to come back if he got part of the UFC, like he actually owned part of the UFC, to which Dana White was like, no. But regardless of whatever is actually happening there, that has not stopped him from talking a lot of shit about Khabib and even talking about a rematch. Tweeting, don't be scared of the rematch, you little scurrying rat. You will do what you are told like you always do. And according to some reports, it's believed that this tweet was actually in response to something that Khabib said at Moscow University on Tuesday. That quote, when he was speaking about Conor McGregor was, I don't think he's finished. Conor acts like a jealous wife who says, I will leave all the time, but then comes back. Conor McGregor also took a shot at Khabib's wife, posting these photos with the caption, your wife is a towel mate. Now he ended up deleting that tweet, but we still saw a response from Khabib's manager who tweeted, talking shit, this guy is insulting someone's wife and making fun of her religion and belief. He doesn't realize he's insulting 1.5 billion Muslims. Religion and family is a no-no. You're fucked, Conor. Let's see what the media is going to say now. He's a rapist and a bitch. And then today we saw Khabib himself tweet, rapist, you are a rapist. You are a hypocrite who is not responsible for your actions. Justice will find you. We will see. Which if you're wondering what those last two tweets are referencing, while Conor McGregor at this time has not been charged or convicted, there are sexual assault allegations against him. Regarding those allegations, reportedly he was detained, he was questioned, but ultimately he was released. Also in a separate unrelated thing, McGregor was actually arrested in Miami in March. This after he allegedly stole and smashed a fan's cell phone, which actually uh, was caught on video. But ultimately that's where we are right now. As far as what happens next, I don't know. But of course, with all of that said, I'd love to know your thoughts. When, when you do, I'd love to know if you actually watch UFC or you don't. Also, if you do, are you a fan of McGregor, a fan of Khabib? How does that play into your reaction here? Then in news I really wasn't expecting today, we have a story involving the Department of Justice and Netflix. And the reason for that is reportedly the Justice Department has warned the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences that any attempts to prevent Netflix and any other streaming service from receiving Oscar eligibility could be considered a violation of antitrust law. In a letter that was sent dated March 21st, 2019, the DOJ's antitrust division chief, Macon Del Rahim, said he was concerned the new rules would be written in a way that would suppress competition, saying in the event that the Academy, an association that includes multiple competitors in its membership, establishes certain eligibility requirements for the Oscars that eliminate competition without pro-competitive justification, such conduct may raise antitrust concerns. And specifically, Del Rahim says a rule change like this could violate Section 1 of the Sherman Act, which prohibits anti-competitive agreements among competitors. Writing accordingly, agreements among competitors to exclude new competitors can violate the antitrust laws when their purpose or effect is to impede competition by goods or services that consumers purchase and enjoy, but which threaten the profits of incumbent firms. And at this point, you might be wondering, well, why is this happening? Well, Del Rahim's warning follows reports that Steven Spielberg, of course, famous director, famous producer, and Academy Board member, was preparing to propose a rule change that would stop films that debut on streaming services or have limited theatrical releases from obtaining Oscar consideration. And regarding this, Spielberg has been vocal about his views on streaming services and Oscar eligibility. He told ITV News last year that Netflix and other streaming services have boosted the quality of television. However, he added, once you commit to a television format, you're a TV movie. If it's a good show, deserve an Emmy, but not an Oscar. And then continuing, I don't believe films that are just given token qualifications in a couple of theaters for less than a week should qualify for the Academy Award nomination. And it's unsurprising that Netflix was mentioned there because Netflix in particular had grabbed a lot of attention this year, specifically with Roma. It won awards for Best Director, Best Foreign Language Film, Best Cinematography. Also, even though it did not win the Oscar for Best Film of the Year, it was one of the top movies that was being considered. But regarding Spielberg's argument, Netflix responded, although without naming Spielberg directly, writing, we love cinema. Here are some things we also love. Access for people who can't always afford or 
live in towns without theaters, letting everyone everywhere enjoy releases at the same time, giving filmmakers more ways to share art. These things are not mutually exclusive, which I will say, personally, I believe is a genius response. Because with that response, Netflix appeals to the little guy, your everyday Joe, right? Money is important. Hell, if I wanna go see a movie at my local theater, I have to pay $17 for a ticket. Also at the same time, appealing to creators that want what they're making to be seen by as many people as possible. And it pushes their detractors into kind of an elitist box. And so as far as what's next, I don't think the Academy is going to be making any changes. According to Variety, an Academy spokesperson told them, we've received a letter from the Department of Justice and have responded accordingly. But we'll see. I mean, as far as my opinion, I do think that Netflix should be considered. How we all consume long form content has drastically changed and evolved over the years. And what I would argue is that Netflix and their movies, what they have done is they've allowed people to have a theater wherever they want. You have services like MoviePass, where you pay a monthly fee, you can go to a theater, watch movies. And Netflix allows you to do that on pretty much any screen that you own or have access to. When's the movie playing? When I have time and when I want it. And this idea of kicking Netflix out, I yes, I personally find it to be anti-competitive and also the idea of someone that is resistant to change, someone that feels like they're missing out because they're not a part of the wave. But also I acknowledge that this is my opinion simply as a consumer, not as someone that is invested in the film industry. So with that said, I pass the question off to you. And then let's talk about Glenn Mills Schools, which if you don't know, is a prestigious all boys reform school outside of Philadelphia. Now Glenn Mills is the oldest reform school in the country. It generally has a promising reputation. Students from all over the country, they head to Philadelphia and the Philadelphia Inquirer even called it the Harvard of reform schools. And of course, if you're a fan of this show, you know after that level of buildup, there is a big butt coming, a Sir Mix-a-Lot level butt coming. So here it is, but several investigations, including ones from both the Inquirer and Pennsylvania Department of Human Services, alleged that the staff at the school had actually been abusing its students for decades. And as a result, the DHS actually issued an emergency removal order last week for all of the residents on campus, saying that conditions at Glen Mills, quote, constitute gross incompetence, negligence, and misconduct in operating a facility, including mistreatment and abuse of clients likely to constitute immediate and serious danger to the life or health of the children in care. Accordingly, it is hereby ordered that the residents be relocated from the child residential facility as promptly as can be safely accomplished. And just yesterday, Glenn Mills announced that it would be laying off 250 of its 668 faculty members. And according to reports, 80 of the impacted staff members have been notified and the rest will be laid off later this week. And we saw the school release a statement saying, Glenn Mills Schools thanks our employees, many of whom have tirelessly served the school for decades, for their commitment to the school's mission and helping to pave the way to a new path in life for countless young men. Although on the other side of that seemingly positive and thankful statement, according to the DHS, having staff removed for their behavior at Glenn Mills is not uncommon, and in just the last five years, 13 staff members have been fired for assaulting students. Which brings us to the investigations, because the investigations on the assaults at the school uncovered really disturbing allegations. The DHS cited instances of violence caused by staff, which included a staff member choking a student and pushing them against a wall, causing them to hit their head, a staff member injuring a student's eye and forcing them to say they hurt themselves playing basketball, three staff members choking one student and pushing him to the ground, and a student being punched by staff several times in the chest and forehead. And the Inquirer spoke to current and former students, parents, and faculty in their investigation. Thanks to that, you had one student Student saying a counselor broke his jaw after he made a comment about the counselor's sister. The report also claiming that the staff went out of their way to make sure that the boys were silenced. One boy reportedly told the Inquirer, they'll give you a minute phone call and stand right next to you to make sure you don't tell your mom anything. And actually on that note, when one mother learned that her son had been thrown on his head and knocked unconscious, the school reportedly told her that she could tell DHS, but that her son would likely get sent to a school with a worse reputation as a result. And she claimed, they basically gave me an ultimatum. It was, do you want to tell or do you want to throw it under the rug? Now, as far as the other side of this, the Inquirer said 
said that they reached out to the school's executive director, Randy Ierson, during their investigation, but they said he always declined to interview via a spokesperson. However, in February, the school released this notice just days after the Inquirer told them about the details of their investigation. The Glen Mills schools announced today the formation of a special panel that will commence an in-depth review into reports of misconduct in order to provide the highest level of accountability and transparency and identify areas of opportunity for change. And then what we saw is that after the investigation was released, Ierson announced that he'd be taking a leave of absence for health reasons. And right now it's unclear if the panel at Glen Mills was formed in enough time to find anything before the DHS ordered students to be removed from campus. So where are we now? What is happening next? Well, investigations into the school's behavior are far from over. Reportedly, the Delaware County District Attorney's Office, the Pennsylvania Auditor General, and the State Inspector General all have open investigations into Glen Mills. And just last week, two former students hit the school with a lawsuit. They are seeking an unspecified amount of compensation and damages, as well as demanding the school turn over all records related to abuse of students from the last two decades. And ultimately, that is where we are right now. I mean, the, the allegations are concerning. The, what we're hearing from this investigation is concerning, and it's gonna be very interesting to see what the other investigations bring out. You know, really, it has me wondering what the hell was actually happening at that school? Like, when we were looking into this story, we found one staff member who had been laid off, and, and they posted to Facebook, they were feeling sad, and they wrote, after 20 years of working the same job and many years of great friends and employees, our jobs at Glen Mills School is no more. Everybody laid off. Needless to say, looking for a new job soon. Any input is appreciated. Along with this meme of a child facing a corner with the text, five minutes in the corner is better than five years in prison. Discipline them now so the system doesn't have to later. Which feels like an incredibly bad thing to post when there are allegations that you had faculty choking and hitting students. I don't know, it's just all really concerning, but that, that's the story, and of course, I'd love to know your thoughts on it. And that's where we're going to end today's show. And remember, if you wanna support this video, you wanna support the show, be sure to hit that like button. Also, if you're new here, be sure to subscribe, click that bell to turn on notifications. That way it's even easier for you to catch the seven new videos we upload each week, which actually, on that note, if you missed the last two videos that we put out, you wanna catch up, you can click or tap right there to watch those right now. But with that said, of course, as always, my name's Philip DeFranco, you've just been filled in. I love yo faces, and I'll see you tomorrow.